This is our second session on Philippians 4, 18 to 20. We looked at verse 18 last time. We're going to spend at least two sessions on verse 19, and today all we do is cover the first half. My God will supply every need of yours. We'll stop there and take this part next time because it's the foundation of it, but we need to know what this means. So I want to know how sweeping this precious promise is. Every need met by God. It's not alone. Here's Jesus. Don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? The Gentiles seek these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's the same promise, isn't it? He'll meet every need. He knows that you need them all. So all these things, drink, wear, eat, everything you need will be added to you. Or here it is in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no wants. I have no, literally, I have no lack. Or Psalm 34. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And you might think, well, I'm lacking a good thing, so I must not be seeking the Lord. That's not what that means. Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So you might think, well, I'm lacking a good thing. He's withholding a good thing from me, me, so I must not be walking uprightly. I'm devoting this look at the book session to help you see that's not the way you should think about that. You can be walking perfectly uprightly and have many things in your life that you would like to have withheld from you, but no good thing is withheld from you. That is, nothing that you, what? Should we say truly need? Let's keep going. Paul has signaled in the preceding paragraph, or the next to preceding paragraph, how to think about this. Not that I am speaking of being in need. So how do I think about being in need? I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. What we need is whatever God gives us in order to be content in every situation, which we think are lacking. Here, I'm in a situation now where he says, I am brought low. I am hungry. I am in need. So there's a sense in which, as the ordinary world would view it, you guys are in need. You're lacking something. You're lacking food. You're being abased and brought low. And Paul is saying, no, I'm not speaking from being in need, even when I'm hungry and in need. I'm not speaking from being in need when I'm in need. So there's a sense in which you can have needs that aren't being met. But if you have learned the secret of contentment in Christ, you don't need those in order to be what God wants you to be. That's the setting that Paul has given us for understanding this statement that my God will supply every need that you have. I think 
the most important passage in Paul, indeed in the Bible, probably, in understanding these sweeping uh, promises of everything being provided to us, is Romans 8, 32 following. He who did not spare his own son, this is God, but gave him up for us all. And that's what he did. And then he asked this rhetorical question, which is really a statement, isn't it? How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And the answer is he will. Surely he will. If God didn't spare his own son, he's going to give us all things. Now, contextually, what does all things mean? Because surely that is something like my God will supply all you need. So what does Paul mean? Keep going. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? <laughs> Nobody. It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Nobody. There's no condemnation now. We're in God's favor now. Nobody can condemn us now. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from this all-providing love? of God in Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, like lacking necessary food, nakedness, lacking necessary clothing. Jesus said you're going to have the, the clothing, the food you need and the clothing you need back in Matthew 6. Danger, sword, going to cut your head off. Will that separate you from the love of Christ? Now, if you stopped right there, some prosperity preacher might say, of course they won't separate you from the love of Christ because he won't let them happen to you. That's wicked to talk like that. And it's wicked because it stops reading just where Paul gets to the heart of the matter. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. This sword really happens. This starvation really happens to Christians. This dying of exposure really happens to Christians. This danger really results in death and imprisonment for some Christians. We are being killed all day long, meaning somewhere in the world this is happening. might not happen to you all day long. It's happening to somebody. It will happen to you, perhaps. We are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And then here he says, no, 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 no. Those things do not separate us from the love of Christ. They do not. No. But in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Our needs are met in all these things. Our needs are met in famine. Our needs are met in nakedness, danger, sword. When we're being slaughtered, we are being made conquerors through him who loved us. Let's close with this one. How then shall we relate to God, pray to God, expect from God? Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And here's the promise. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Really, every need met. My God will supply 
all your needs according to his glory. It is a glorious and true promise. And then he explains, Or which of you, if his son, that's you in relation to God, asks him for bread, would give him a stone? Never. Never. Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a serpent? No, he, you won't give your kids snakes that can kill them, destroy them. If you then, who are evil, <laughs> not very complimentary to his disciples or to us, but true, we're selfish, and yet we, we won't do this. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, Bad-tasting medicine, perhaps, when they're sick? Surgery, where they cut them open if they've got cancer? Good gifts, not what they want, but good gifts. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things? And I would say on the basis of 4.19 and Matthew 6.33 and Romans 8.32, Good things means all of them. All your needs supplied. So my interpretation, given all that Paul has said, not only in the wider context of his epistles, but in the uh, preceding paragraph as well, where he says he doesn't speak of being in need, my interpretation, my understanding of my God will supply every need means every need you need to be content in Christ. Every need you need to be content in Christ, and by being content in Christ, glorify the worth of Christ. So, don't Assume that every need means every want that you might have. We're not God. We're not the best doctor to overcome our sin. We're not uh, the best rewarder to figure out how to maximize our joy in heaven. God does. God is. My God will supply every need of yours. Yes, he will. <laughs> 